Good afternoon, everyone. Hope you're good. Welcome back. Hope you had a good weekend. Those that are regular listeners, we come in live at 12.30 till one o'clock in your lunch break. If you're in the UK, clocks went back, didn't they? Did everyone, anyone get caught out? I think digital devices uh, mean that few people get caught out now. I don't know if anyone else's kids uh, didn't get the memo, but uh, mine don't sleep anyway. So uh, yeah, hardly hardly noticed it. Hope you're all good. Please do let me know if you can hear me loud and clear. You know how paranoid I am. Say hello in the comments section. Um, and today, uh, usually I pick like two or three topics so we can do 10, 15 minutes or so. But I've, I've picked, I've been bold enough to pick one topic, partly because yeah, over the weekend I've been a bit, been a bit grumpy in some ways. Um, because I've been frustrated over people just who should know better, but generally everyone um, being convinced uh, of anything. <laughs> what I mean is people presenting opinions as facts, people not being inquisitive enough, people not asking questions and just assuming, people misrepresenting and strawmanning people's opinions in order to then get the better of them and win, um, not using questions or inquiry or genuine inquisitive natures to try and get close to the truth or at least to understand what someone that you feel you disagree with is getting at or meaning and um, I'm going to unpack some examples don't you worry but uh, yeah that has been the, the the heart of this show is questions asking questions of you asking questions of guests asking questions of myself it's kind of everything that's made me tick it's everything that I think is hopefully shone a light that's been positive in in our industry and um yet i think that th those forces shouldn't be taken for granted and that many people in various different topics and we're all guilty of it by the way so it might well be that i'm speaking directly to you on this right you are you what are you convinced about what what do you see as being a fact of the matter that you know other people maybe don't understand or what what is it that's unquestionable in your in your life, right? What cards aren't allowed to be on the table for discussion? What needs to be knocked off? What's sort of uh, something that you so you know so much about, or that you're so convinced about that any challenge to it, or any question, or any counter to it is you know not fair, not okay, not up for discussion, and therefore will be outright dismissed, because that's what I keep seeing. And that's what I'm getting at when it comes to this war on conviction. Now, you're going to get me talking about this a little bit, not on this, just on this show, but I mean, this week, I'm going to be particularly out there with it. Certainly across social media, I'm going to be using examples, but also just trying to help people understand what I'm getting at about why you shouldn't be convinced. Now, I don't think, and this is one thing we're going to definitely discuss in more detail, is I don't think that you're going to, that, that my, I'm advocating for sort of dithering insecurity or that we all need to be so vulnerable and so lost at sea for opinion that we can't then act. And I think that that's not helpful. But I definitely feel frustrated about the irritating level of conviction and that there's two sides to, to what I think is, is really at fault, not just in our industry, but in the world right now, which is that you've got People that are just deeply convinced in such a way that then is dismissive of counter narratives and therefore they can't even sharpen their own ideas. Even if they happen to be right, they're right by accident. They're just essentially a, a best guess or a vaguely educated guess, but they think that they've got all the facts in, in line. Then you've got the other side of things whereby, of course, you've got sort of a real utter 
vulnerable dithering insecurity that just means that you can't really make decisions and it's something that especially on a patient care level you, you you're being so vague you can't instill confidence in others you know you, you you're challenging your own expertise and, and getting an imposter syndrome that just gives you such a, a vulnerability um and so i'm not advocating for that but similarly some of the traits that come from that some of those exposing uh, aspects are essential and uh, you, you know, sooner sooner give me someone like that that can be um, help to be reassured in a direction to recognize their own expertise than give me someone that's just constantly convinced on certain things. And I'm meaning everything in and out of industry here, by the way. And I'm going to use some examples, but I, I hope you can recognize some of the people that I'm talking about and also recognize it in yourself. And there are certain topics that bring out the worst in people in this space. Sport is one, right? So I'm even going that way, right? I'm giving you, if you are in a blinkered delusion that your team is always on the wrong side of decisions is always on the wrong side of, of, of fairness and that there's you know you you become a conspiracy theorist even if it's something like that which arguably matters less than some of the other issues in, in around healthcare and beyond but that's the sort of thing i'm meaning right that conviction of um of one thing or another even in that space of sport politics is classic it just sort of massively irritating these things are complex fraught issues that really smart people really thoughtful people can can disagree with because there's some oohs and ahs in and around it that there's people that are predisposed to certain uh, biases that that um that they then lean in or out of and on an issue by issue basis i'm just i just hate the fact that you've got some people that are just so convinced in one in one particular direction that they then start to protect uh, present their opinion as if fact and what I'm getting at with that is because you, you know how do you how do you how am I differentiating blind conviction with actual factual expertise, right? Who am I to do that? I'll tell you what. If I can ask a basic question and give someone pause for thought, so someone's completely convinced of a, of a something, whatever it might be, and I then think about it briefly and expose a bit of a contrarian nature in me, but you know I might even agree with them wholeheartedly. Often I, I am doing. But then thinking, well, how do you square this circle? How do you how do you account for this classic counter narrative to yours? And that gives them pause for thought. I haven't thought about it like that. That is embarrassing, utterly embarrassing. If you're completely convinced of something, yet a very simple, not even being clever about it, but just giving them a well, how do you how do you weigh it up against this? How does that play in this context? Have you put this filter on it? And they've not. Or oh, that's an interesting point. I've not thought about it like that you should be mortally embarrassed that you've not given that thought. Not because you should think about every angle of everything, but unless you have appropriately given a depth of thought or respect to the topic, what on earth are you doing being convinced? In what, in what way? Especially, and I'm speaking many, many of the, much of the time here to professionals, right? Professionals who are having to wade through ambiguity. Professionals that are recognizing in our space, particularly in MS care, in healthcare, or wherever it is you situated that's brought you to listening to this, it sort of fascinates me that most of the time, if you're even bothering with me for more than two minutes, you, you're going to be someone that's recognizing the U's and R's and the tug of war and the changes and the, the youth of the, of the profession, of the industry that means that we're having to adapt and change on a regular basis. Yet, in other sides of your life, utter conviction, despite having not been exposed to the variety of different opinions around that topic. Honestly, uh, if you're recognizing that in yourself, I want you to be embarrassed. 
if you have examples in which I feel like I'm making a mistake, you know, am I being too, am I having too much conviction about there being a problem with conviction? <laughs> Potentially, like, let's have it. Because um, I think that one of the strongest arguments in favor of conviction is which you, which you can then instill, instill confidence. And so even if you're only 80% there, having this, you know, feeling that is sufficient to be a threshold for fact means you can instill confidence in others. But, you know, generally speaking, I'm just frustrated at the fact that so many people are um, allowing themselves to think that uh, that they've 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 got it not just not just so right that they would share that opinion right I, I feel like people that that aren't willing to sort of offer where they're up to as an opinion is a, is a shame and a frustration. I'm talking about people that are then saying here's a fact of the matter when actually what they're doing is here's my opinion. It might even be a right one, like I said, but it's more that they are then sort of not open to a counter they're not open to a back and forth about why someone might think differently because they've allowed themselves to be blinkered and i'm using examples here with regards to sport even uh, politics um, mechanism of effective interventions the best route forward for be that professions or industries or patients some of the things we've talked about on this show with regards to the balance of subjective and objective variables like how much do you weight someone's lived experience with the broader data and that some, there's so many people that are convinced on an empirical level that you, you know, stati a statistical view of the world is going to be one that, that reveals more answers. There's going to be people that then offer a suggestion that an anecdote is gospel in such a way that then we should, should enact policy on that. And then, again, having that conviction that then he's not, that he's not uh, a, someone that's not equipped with at least a basic account of what they do to square a circle that, that doesn't suit that bias just irritating it's just not thorough it's not intellectually curious it doesn't respect questions it doesn't respect people it, it's tribal it's it's just going to break us apart and so um yeah you know if, if if i can even shake a few people into thinking that they need to be less convinced then i hope this can be an example uh, of how i can just sort of say to them that that you know, i'm not having it <laughs> that's why i say it's a bit of a war on conviction this week i'm, I'm certainly not going to go at individual people over even individual individual topics but i'm just going to try and highlight certain things where it's just been like you there's no way you have thought hard enough about those five things to have such a convinced opinion that then is impenetrable that you're not willing to even hear out arguments on the peripheries of that or even slightly adjacent to each of those five opinions that you just convinced and blinkered Honestly, I can't help but think that that's an insecurity. It's, it's sort of defensive. And, and, and if that is you, if you're someone that feels like, actually, I'm just exposing and talking about a front, then fair enough. I can totally understand the psychology of that. And I understand that this, none of us need to you know, have, have a, this utter loss of faith in any conviction in such a way that you're left completely vulnerable and not able to, to interact properly in the world totally respect that but fundamentally if you're someone that no actually no i'm i'm convinced because i've given really hard thought to all of those really complex topics that you're talking about and i'm, I'm utterly convinced of facts of the matter in all five of those then i'm really excited for that intellect you know why on earth you're not going for for, for high office why you aren't someone that is uh, highly influential in society to be that smart to have had all of the understanding of all the different narratives and, and, and complex arguments and the history of philosophy that's underneath each of those things. And yet, despite various different topics there, 
you're an expert, sufficient expert in all of them to be convinced. What on earth are you doing? I mean, arguably, why on earth are you listening to me? Certainly, but why are you not pursuing king of the world status? Right? I want to know. I want to know why you're not leveraging that intellect for good. Uh, and I would argue, of course, that that's because it doesn't exist, because it's a front, or because you are not uh, actually credibly. Uh, you're not convinced in a credible fashion. You're not convinced because you have actually got your shit together quite to that extent. So I've had a couple, let's have a look. I've got a couple of comments here, which is lovely. Thank you for, for your comments. Kath has said, the only thing I'm convinced of is that we all need to be open-minded. <laughs> Absolutely. Yes, at the very least. What a what a basic low bar to entry. But Kath is, of course, absolutely right. Like what? Why on earth would you not be open to other interpretations or on your opinions, etc.? It just absolutely fascinates me. Evie's posted a comment here. It won't all show on screen, so let me read it out for you. I think this will be a quote from, she said, Paul, I know she interviewed Paul Ingram, Ingraham, or however you say it. Um, so apologies. Apologies. Um, for if I'm mis misunderstanding this, but I think it's a quote from him. I would rather be in the care of a healthcare professional who's having an active nervous breakdown crisis of confidence rather than a professional who's blinkered true believer within their methods and can't perceive it when they don't work. Oh, magic. I, I imagine that is something that uh, that's certainly something Paul Ingram would say. Certainly something Evie Martin would say as well. I, uh, I really enjoy that, and there's a quote. There's a there's a link there. Please do go and follow that. I imagine that's gonna whatever whatever's come from that whatever that quote's come from is gonna be uh, well worth your time. So thank you, Evie, for posting that, and I would agree. However, this is what I wanted to make sure I talked to about with you is that what well, I'm not I'm not advocate. This is what's funny. I'm not advocating for a, a, a such another far end or far side away on the spectrum from conviction would be sort of dithering nervousness. And you, could, you might be able to tell that I've got at least a sufficient threshold competence level within having self-esteem, right? I'm someone that is willing to state my case. But what I'm getting at, and this is what's important to me, is if you feel like I'm actually succumbing to all the things I'm just railing against, and you feel like actually I'm someone that's constantly presenting the opinion as fact, and I'm actually someone that you see as being, well, I've never met anyone more convinced than you, right? That, that's, that's a, 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 unfortunately, uh, I'm sorry if I've come across that way. However, what I'm getting at is, and the reason I'm always framing things in questions and wanting to weigh things up, is because I'm, I'm mortified by that. I, honestly, because I, partly, like I've just said, I just don't think it's authentic. I don't think it's true. I don't think, I don't think folk are smart. I mean, I'm constantly meeting them, people far smarter than me, but God forbid how smart they'd need to be to do what I've just described across five completely different topics. But you meet people that are just as convinced and, and, and that, that will go into bat for and to, and to actually be so, be so convinced that they will be utterly dismissive and disrespectful and ridiculing of another, another side. Now, that's something that, that in a comedy level, I'm forever doing. Uh, stuff like that. Where I love satire and stuff like that, and I love ribbing certain things, especially when it's something that's sort of a, a powerful or an ascendant narrative. I love to shake things up that way. So I'm not averse to it, and I'm not saying that I'm not of a. I've, my opinion isn't strong enough sometimes to then want to even ridicule another side or point of view. Right? Things that I think should be up for comedic purpose. Right? You know, someone that you know, oh well, no, let's hear out the flat earthers and not, not no, let's not ridicule them at all. Right? Certainly, that's somewhere that I'm, I'm pretty damn convinced the world is round. But the fact that some people will take that 
level of conviction and then apply that across a, a number of fraught and complex issues in which brilliant and thoughtful experts are otherwise also countering their point, but they're still convinced. And that arrogance that seems to come from it. See, arrogance in some, it's just insecurity in others, and those phenomena need to be poked at because we're not going to get anywhere otherwise. So uh, anyway, I'm, I'm ranting again. There's some, there's some brilliant uh, comments coming in again. Thank you, Evie. She's managed to clarify that Paul Ingram uh, was, in fact, responsible for that brilliant quote. Not surprised. He's, he's brilliant. Gemma said, great and lively today, too. Love it. Thank you. I'm glad. Um, I'm, I'm well up for a few of you telling me to, to pipe down. Uh, Jenny's offering a clap to, to Kath's point, which let's re let's bring that back in. Fantastic. The only thing I'm convinced of is we need to be open-minded. That is the entry point, right? I'm not saying that that's enough, right? If your mind's too open, your brains will fall out, right? Like I just said, oh, well, let's, let's keep a let's keep a balanced point of view. Let's hear out said flat earthers, right? It might be useful to understand where they're coming to, so you can be scalpel sharp on how you critique that nonsense. But generally speaking, it's more that basically you're hearing out other points of view that you're not so convinced that as i said before even a simple counter narrative from me can sometimes mean that oh no i've not thought about it like that it's like well don't you dare be convinced of something if you've not thought about it from at least a couple of basic other angles it's massively irritating now i'm gonna put this up on screen but it's again too long for it to show all of it but this is from uh, becky aka betty demott horton she said, I wonder how much the fact that these conversations tend to happen on social media or virtually now does polarize us and makes us defensive. I often think these challenges and conversations would be more constructive and possibly a bit kinder if we were sat in the pub together. Absolutely. And that's what terrifies me about said bloody new normal. Bollocks to that. I want some old normal back. I want to be able to be within spitting distance of someone in a pub again to be able to do that. I think it's really important. Um, really i'm um becky's absolutely right there is that even before the pandemic the ability for people to be keyboard warriors or to use technology in such a way that is not leaning into our evolved traits and instincts right <laughs> on a basic level i've mentioned evolutionary biology being a bit of a nerd fest for me anyway but on a, on a communicative level when i think about sort of combative interviews etc and one of the reasons why we tried until recently of course to do most physiomatous things in person is because the evolved nature of me getting into a into a discussion with someone means that if that escalates beyond the point of reason or beyond the point in which either party is going to comply with that then violence could ensue now incredibly rare and of course over a professional topic you'd be surprised but what i mean is you're regulating conversation in such a way with someone that if shit goes wrong then fisticuffs could occur right i'm a bit old england there for calling it fisticuffs but yeah a fight could break out violence could ensue right and in, in an evolved state as clever monkeys as we are we could just end up scrapping so you end up better regulating conversation as soon as there's a screen there then the equivalent would be what hanging up on each other or for that to then be um escalated into some sort of sort of vengeance or, or press war so the in-person aspect is important and especially think about amongst friends amongst family about trying to really understand that connection um you see incredibly vital and so i think becky's absolutely well onto something there and the power of the power of communication in person but also just the power of touch you know the, the fact that 
So let's let's not underestimate the amount of brilliant social science that's been done um, on on power of handshakes, hugs, etc. It's really um, it's really something that we need to think more carefully on. It is frustrating for me. Um, now, Kath has said. As an older physio, I've already been absolutely convinced on many treatment approaches over the years, older and wiser now. <laughs> yeah, on the on the MSK front, like imagine that we've all we've all been uh, we've all been so convinced in certain directions. Uh, but then, fortunately, I would say that we weren't convinced clearly enough to not you know to still be on that path. You know, if you're someone that's managed to even flick between them, or or eventually something shakes your foundations to your conviction or convincing yourself on on a certain modality and especially it's more not necessarily being into modalities or being into styles of care styles of practice as i call them it's then it's if you're convinced of that that being the best thing since sliced bread and the reason it's working with your patients you're so convinced of that being one thing right i love this thing and it's going to be the best thing and everyone should do it because it's doing this to humans and and in and each of those steps you're sort of allowing yourself to be biased uh, in, in a way that's not healthy but yeah kath's absolutely uh great great point there um paula has said she loves the challenge loves having her mind changed absolutely yeah there's nothing there's no better feeling than that i think i mean i'm, I'm a saddle for it where i love it when i encounter something i haven't considered and but I, again, I would be so embarrassed if I was saying this is something I'm utterly convinced of, and then someone was to give me such a basic angle that means that oh, it's giving me pause. But actually, what happens is that 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 opinion that's then challenged me and made me change my mind, or made me realise there's a weakness to my argument, that it should refine and make robust the points I was already making, unless that was completely backwards. You know, it could completely counter it. Don't get me wrong, but. Gemma's made a great point here, saying she misses hugs and human contact. Ah, oh, I bet. I do too, definitely. I'm certainly a hugger. I don't hug many patients, don't get me wrong. I'm a handshaker for that, but I'm a hugger, absolutely. I miss that. Let's get the old normal back in some, some place. Um, Evie said, just ring people up, have a chat if you find yourself getting pissed off with them on social media. Well, one of the reasons for this show is if when I get into any, especially over this topic over this week, I'm going to say call it a war. So maybe I'm being a bit aggressive, a war on conviction. Um, so I'm not convinced that it's going to be effective. But if, if I get into a back and forth with people, then the ability for me to be on this show is like, come on the show, let's talk about it. That's part of the reason we're doing this is because, yeah, absolutely, we should be. However, don't tie yourself up with people that don't wish you well. That's one of the things that's that to be clear on is if you get into a back and forth on, on, on social media with people, even interprofessionally, I know it seems funny, but they could just be arseholes because they exist, right? A certain percentage of people, and it's a small one, I think. I try and see the best in people, but they might not be worth your time. They might just be arseholes. So be careful. Don't drag yourself into discussion and debate with people that, that don't wish you well or don't actually want to try and make progress. They might just be in it to win it. Uh, and you want to be trying to work out how much, how little of their time that you they can take, how much of your time they can take up. Um, so just be careful and be judicious and, and respect your own time and your own mental health as well with engaging with people like that. Now, my mate, mate, my mate Mike James, my Mike mate, mate James, has said this long comment that I'm going to read out because it won't all show, but I haven't read it, so I'm being brave. And he said plain devil's advocate, which of course meant that I was going to address it because I love a devil's advocacy. Right. Are there more people convinced of their own opinion or is it a perception magnified out of proportion due to the abundance of people reluctant to be convicted to anything these days? Where too many passive non-committal people in all walks of life 
Oh, sorry, it's just shifted there. Another comment coming in. Does that? Um, all walks of life. Therefore, an opinion can be misinterpreted as a strong opinion that can't be challenged by the sheer nature of someone that does have a commitment to an opinion. Lovely point. Now, I don't know if you were there, Mike, earlier when I was uh, on the show, when I was just saying that, that, that a lot of this is sometimes that there is a bit of a front where someone feels obliged to be convinced or feels that they need to comply within other corners of their ideology that other people within their tribe or they want to be trying to they think they're being consistent within a certain worldview that that it follows on i usually oppose that person those people that tribe therefore i'm going to comply with it even though i've never looked into it i don't really think about it and so it becomes just ideological and there's a lot of that there's a conviction that's not true conviction it's just almost like a fraudulent uh, mask or front that there's an insecurity there are people that just won't make a call and unfortunately, they're being too sort of dithery um, and that on a uh, when, when you've got a, a more overt right and wrong or you've got something that is quite objectively false and then people are, are constantly trying to make a false equivalence between two ends of a spectrum. I'm, I'm concerned of that as well. Um, I see a lot of problems with people that are sat on the fence or inferring that they are that aren't engaging with arguments. Right. I don't like that. I don't like that passive nature that some people have. However, I have a lot more. I think that there's more room to try and bring out the opinions of because that's the thing that often people with private opinions these are people that often have they're not sat on the fence as much as they're suggesting they're just publicly wanting to be on the fence because unfortunately the convinced star souls will, will then start to berate them so i've got more faith for the fact that you can then bait those opinions out publicly one of the reasons for this show and why i love the comments section here but I think that while sometimes it's a front, sometimes it's an insecurity, but then other times yeah, I think there are people that genuinely have a deep, they, they're convinced that they, they, they love the smell of their own farts and they're just convinced of their own um, their own intellect or they perceive themselves to be smart enough to be across it and they're just not either hearing or not respecting other people as smart, far smarter than them that have a different opinion. What is it about that? What are the overlaps? What is it about your argument you think is stronger than that other opposing decent argument, right? Boring, I'm always quoting this. I don't think I have on this show, so I'll indulge it, but one of my favorite quotes is from John Stuart Mill in On Liberty. He said, he who knows, oh, I'm going to get it wrong now. He who knows little, what is it? Oh, I'm going to stuff my, fluff my lines here. One of my favorite quotes, I'm forgetting it. He who knows not of the, the other side of his argument knows little of that. So those that people that haven't necessarily had their argument exposed to a quality and strong counter argument know little of their own point. Um, so I've managed to completely butcher that. I'm going to uh, I'm going to I'm going to regret even mentioning it. But yeah, John Stuart Mill on Liberty, saying that essentially you've got to try and make sure that your ideas are exposed to better counter narratives. Otherwise, you'll never know enough about your own opinions, and therefore, what on earth? right have you got to be convinced of something when you've not had it exposed to the best arguments against it, it drives me crazy so it's a great point mike and I'm, I, as i say i think earlier in the show if you weren't on then i did visit that a little bit but i think there's some of that but there's also some that, that fundamentally there are just people that are convinced um and, and it's a concern it's that pre presenting opinion as fact really it's, it bothers me and it's a smugness to it as well and I'm conscious of coming across that way sometimes, especially when you've been someone's floating something quite embryonic and you've given a lot of thought to that. You know, I get that a bit with MSKR stuff. He's like, we spent so much time last year looking into the minutiae on sort of policy stuff. So I'm really concerned about the fact that sometimes someone then brings something up just quite generally, embryonically and emergent. And then I feel like I don't want to come across as a smug smart ass, but it's like, 
that's a really good point. And I had that I, I had that thought 18 months ago and then thought about it as hard as I could for 12 months and came to this conclusion. So it's it, I am more convinced on that point than I was at 18 months ago because I've done some learning. But So I'm concerned about how, how that can come across sometimes. But the amount of people that are, are, are coming at it with a deep level of conviction when fundamentally they've not considered even a basic counter to it, it's absolutely mental, really frustrates me. Um, right, we've got some brilliant... Brilliant comments coming in again. I always say that, but I can tell not just from the characters that are uh, that are on here, but also some of the back and forth that you're having. Evie is laughing at the fact that I said they might just be assholes. <laughs> they might. They sometimes forget that, especially interprofessionally. I've not seen any evidence that that physiotherapists, MSK therapists of any persuasion have a, a, a lower percentage of arsehole than the general population, of which we'd all agree that some people are arseholes. So I'm always fascinated the fact that people sometimes make the mistake of giving everyone the benefit of the doubt when they could just be arseholes. We've all worked with them, haven't we? Let's not let's not pretend. Um Although, yeah, you could be polite and say, like Gemma did, she said they're a plonker, just a plonker. And so it feels quite posh for you, Gemma, actually calling someone a plonker. Um, Jenny said, I'm in good form today. Being cheerful brings out the best. <laughs> I don't know, cheerful. Maybe, I, I don't know. I worry that uh, maybe she's being psychic. Maybe I'm being grumpy. Um, I don't know how cheerful it is, but yeah. Um, Evie's got a good point here. Feeling like you're right feels really good. Yeah, but it's so superficial, isn't it? It's so short-lived. And Paula, trust me, I am not just going on about things here in industry and MSK and healthcare and stuff, right? Politics is where it's utterly rife. Utterly rife. Drives me, drives me crazy. Um, I've got I've got some pretty feisty and spicy politics. You'll hear this come out in this show more often than not. We've got a great show tomorrow. I think it's tomorrow. Let me just double check. I've got John Ware on the show tomorrow, who's uh, who's on the right of, of U.S. politics, doing what Sandy did last week and talk, but this time talking a little bit about his take on the matter there. Um, so we're gonna we're gonna have a bit more of a political show tomorrow. Want to hear his uh, his side of things from that, especially healthcare in the in the U.S. etc. So um, it's where yeah, it's some deep deep convictions, and 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 I don't don't mean deep. You know, don't have decisions just sit on the fence. That's not what I'm on about. I'm just meaning like there's got to be something underneath it. Like what's underneath your opinion? Anyway, I'm, I'm repeating myself here, aren't I? What am I like? What am I like? Kath, bringing the fire today. Kath Piper, you're going to need to come on the show soon because you, you're making far better points in the comments section than I am on these shows these days, I think. So if you're up for it, Kath, and please get in touch. I'd love to have you on the show. David Butler talked of evolving clinical maturity. Maturity is about listening, learning, recognizing, and being tolerant of uncertainty. Just bringing the quotes today. Thanks, Kath. Please come on the show. That would be lovely. Gemma's rejected my uh, accusation. Never been posh. They're definitely plonkers in the world. <laughs> there are plonkers. Yeah, it's just a polite. It feels a polite term. Does plonker? I'm out of time, and I usually keep to time on these. Thank you so much, and sorry for the rant today. Um, please do keep the comments coming. Drop me some messages if you feel that there anything else you want me to unpack. If there are any, especially any, uh, please bring any accusations of hypocrisy. If this has actually come across as a, a too much conviction for your taste, or if you feel that there are areas in which I feel like, that you feel that I'm more closed-minded than I should be, I'd love to hear that because I definitely want to refine. It's not your job to sort of tidy up my my uh, style, but it's definitely somewhere that I'm con conscious of. And I think that you know, I always describe the fact that I have a hypocrisy allergy. I really am bothered about the fact that I want to be consistent, and it's really important to my personal philosophy that I am consistent. And it doesn't mean that I'm not wrong. It just means that I'm trying to do things right. And that 
I'm constantly striving to be better. And also that the ends never justifies the means for me, right? No, not about trying to win, it's trying to understand. And that's sometimes just an act of inquiry sometimes exposes uh, untruths in others. And, and therefore I'm not one that's sort of seen as being passive, but I'm definitely wanting to uh, pursue a better understanding of truth. And one of the things that gets in the way of that is people being blinkered and convinced in certain directions. And I don't care what it is. As I said, sport, politics, current affairs, healthcare mechanisms of effect, just be more inquisitive because you're usually, as I said, full of shit. Right. Becky said, great, passionate chat today. Reckons I need a lie down or even a massage after that. Sign me up. Absolutely. Get me a massage any day of the week. That'd be lovely. Thank you very much. And thanks for tuning in. I'm over time. And so I will love you and leave you. Have a nice day. I'll see you tomorrow for more Tune It Over.